Here we are, celebrating Bruce, celebrating Jesus, celebrating the resurrection. That's what we're about to do. And we're in this series called One at a Time. And the subtitle for the series is The Unexpected Way That God Wants to Use You to Change the World. That's the subtitle. That's, that's what we've been exploring. And that's what we're going to do right now. And here's what I want you to know. He did not see it coming, but Bruce got one at a time by Jesus. He really did. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Bruce, and we're going to celebrate him for a few minutes. Let's start with his wedding. I, don't, I think it was 2009, might have been 2008. And our church family, particularly the worship, the band and all that, we were a part of the wedding. I, I conducted this, I did, whatever you call it, officiated. And Bruce is from Spring Hill, so it was at a church up in Spring Hill. And then after the wedding, we went over to a restaurant, and what was set up there was a band like this. Bruce is a drummer. That's how he got to us. He was a drummer. And I, Bruce was banging on those skins and coming off the stool. He hit the drum hard, by the way. That's just one of the ways he plays. He hits them hard. And I've never seen a bigger smile and a happier man in this beam of this dude just banging away at it. And all the people that loved him and cared about him were there with him. It was a fantastic thing, right? That was the wedding. Now, sadly, Bruce and Cassie, his ex-wife, their marriage didn't make it. Their son was born in 2010, Liam, 2011, and um, Liam has been here with us every Sunday morning. You may have noticed Liam in the back of the room. So anyway, that's, that's Bruce. So we, we got to back up though. So we got a happy drummer with his big First Presbyterian Church family celebrating his wedding with him and with Cassie. Here's how it started. Bruce was a drummer, but you know, it's really hard to make a living as a musician very hard you have to be extraordinary and you got to get lucky so bruce loved to play and he's in a couple of bands and he had saturday night gigs but it wasn't enough money to make a living but that's how we found him and here's how bruce came to first press he beat on the skins and then as soon as he was finished playing when the sermon started bam he went outside smoked a cigarette or two or three and what he what he would say was I, what he said afterwards was i'm just not interested but we got him what happened is the authenticity of the people in the room, the band members, you, the authenticity over time began to wear him down. And he started listening. It was, we, we've got this tagline that came way later, real relationships, real transformation. Bruce clearly experienced genuine family, friendship, authenticity. We worked out difficulties. He, he, we get mad, everybody get mad at each other. Sometimes the bands do that. I don't know if you knew that. Bands sometimes get mad at each other and break up. So there was all of, so, but we just worked it out over and over again. And he and I have been talking about heavy things since so far back I can't remember. So, so that's what happened. And Bruce decided that Jesus was real. And the way he decided Jesus was real he would say, it was because of all the friendships with other people who were trying to figure out Jesus is real and how are we gonna to live together? And so it was, it was just authentic, normal, everyday church band members and other members of the church who Bruce started listening. He came back in. Well, then he, he migrated from the drum kit um, up to the booth and so he, he was making a living, not able to do so like most musicians who'd love to, he made a living doing professional sound so he and his partner had a sound company and they do gigs all over the place and set set up for music so he, he he was back at the booth 
because we had other drummers come in and he thought that would be a better place for him just going forward. So just that's just this great story about how Bruce didn't know what was going to happen to him and he became a totally different guy. Uh, if I didn't mention he lived in Spring Hill and his mom and dad are now in Spring Hill. They are in assisted living. Bruce lived in Spring Hill. His ex-wife Cassie, her husband, they live in Spring Hill. So that's where everybody lives. So Bruce and Liam are commuting in on Wednesday nights to rehearse and on Sunday mornings to be here and run things. So he did that and he did it happily. Sometimes he could make extra, he had an extra meeting with me about two Mondays ago where he came in to work on and he was really excited about this Cadillac of a sound system that's coming in this new thing over here. Actually, they told me it's a Series 5 Beamer. That's the quality of the sound system. So we've got a really good sound system. He was jazzed about it. He knew all the details about it, working with the sound vendor. Totally committed to this church. From a guy that left the building because he wasn't interested. Other things I want to tell you about Bruce. A couple of other things I want to make sure I say. Just last Sunday, last Sunday, right back there, between, that was after the second service, we had a long conversation. We had lots of long conversations because Bruce's relationship when he, when he and Cassie broke up, it was not good. It didn't work. It was not happy. You know, the, divorce is a very difficult thing. And so it was difficult for both of them. So we're back there, but his mom, he started telling me months and months ago that his mom had cancer, and he was sending me texts, and we talked. His mom had cancer, and it was, we'd see up, and then we'd see down, we'd see up and see down. His mom, Mary Margaret, she's about 80-something years old. She's in mid to high 80s. His dad is Jim. His mom is Mary Margaret. They live in assisted living somewhere in Spring Hill. That's a fairly recent thing. So Bruce and I were right back here next to that camera, and we were talking. I said, how's your mom? And he, this is what he said to me. He said, my mother is not going to survive this. And my mother has decided for quality of life reasons that she's not going to go through the heroic efforts of trying to keep herself longer alive and then not be able to enjoy anything. And so vitally important, they talked openly about it, all of them. Her mother is a Jesus follower and she's okay. She, she released Bruce, I, he, I could feel it when I was talking with him. I could feel it that Bruce was going to be sad, grieving, etc. But mom sort of led by saying, I'm trusting that I'm, I'm trusting Jesus. And a sweet thing that was th this then going to happen is that Bruce, Bruce and his dad was going to move out of assisting living and move in with him in his, his home there in, in uh, Spring Hill. I just thought that was such a lovely touch. And Liam, back and forth with Cassie and Bruce, then I said, well, how, Cassie and you, how is it? And he said, we're good. And I like her husband. And her husband is good for Liam. All this is going on. So, um, yeah, he got, he got one at a time. So I would say that Bruce... Bruce was deeply committed, not just to mixing sound, and he wanted it to sound good. He was, he was deeply committed to us trying to do what we're trying to do. He was so excited about more room for more people, right? So I said when I opened worship, we can't know everybody, but everybody can be known. And even though you may not know Bruce, you can still know that in this family, a lot of people knew each other and cared about him, and all of us can be known by somebody. 
And that's what family is. And so we're doing family together. Um, let me make sure I say, I'm, I'm, you can excuse me for getting a little lost here just for a second. Let me, make, let me do this. I said, about, I said about Bruce wanting to move in with his dad and the poignant conversation. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. One last thing about Bruce, celebrating Bruce. Cassie is the one that called me last night. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't say this sounds so shallow, but she used Bruce's phone and the call came at 8.38 and that was two minutes before Florida State kicked off the football. So I didn't, I didn't see it until 8.48. I didn't see that I'd missed a call, right? So at 8.58 or 9 o'clock, I called back and Cassie told me that Bruce had died. So um, I told her on the phone about the conversation that Bruce and I had back here. And I said, Cassie, I, I just want you to know that Bruce and I just had this rich conversation last Sunday and how he talked so affirmingly about the way you two had worked to, to where you were and about your husband and about how things for Liam and all of that. And she said back, I know, we, yes, we did. We got there. Well, see, I, you, you just got to give Jesus credit for that. You do. You got to say that this man worked hard and he had some, he had some hard things in his life. But all of us do. I happen to know them because I was a confidant to him. And so for a long time, Bruce and I had a lot of private conversations. And, and so he, he worked really hard and became more free and more released and more happy and more settled down. Am I, is that not how you felt about him, those of us that know him? So that was my way of wanting to celebrate Bruce a little bit. I'm not quite finished with that, but let's go back and look at part of what I would have done this morning had yesterday not happened. And what that is, is to celebrate Jesus. Okay, we're going to celebrate Jesus for a minute. And Jesus is a one at a time king of the universe. And what we have is this powerful story that shows up. Again, just reminding you, one at a time, it's the unexpected way that God wants to use you to change the world. I'll remind you of the theme, God, you have a place to play. Everybody plays. In the family of First Pres, in the family of Jesus, everybody plays. There are nobody sitting on the bench. There are no spectators. Everybody's in the game. And the game is to be Jesus' people out with other people and love them well, people that know him and, and people that don't. And having words and actions that reflect our faith. It's what happened to Bruce. Bruce didn't just get hugged. He got taught truth about Jesus. And that's the Jesus we want to celebrate. Right? So one at a time. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we've been running and we're going to keep running. The, the gospel of Mark comes at you so fast and panting as you make your way through it. And here is just Jesus on a, at the end of another long day where he's been healing people and teaching people and doing great stuff. And it's starting to be evening and Jesus says this. He says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Now, what he means by that is he's up in the north west corner of the Sea of Galilee and he said let's go to the other side and the map is going to come up right I think nope can we oh okay up there I'm looking at the confidence monitor and on that okay see 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 Sea of Galilee and see the word up at the top Capernaum C-A-P-E-R-N-A-U-M see that okay so come 
cattywampus down and come all the way south and a little bit to the right and you see a couple of cities Imatha and Gadara or whatever he comes they sail from Capernaum all the way to the bottom right which is the southeast corner of the lake and that's what the story that's where the story now here's we're going to read what happens once they get there but just let me tell you what happens in the interim a storm comes up a big huge gigantic hairy storm comes up and guess what Jesus does in the middle of the storm the dude takes a nap in the front of the boat. He, does, he just goes out. And the boys are scared to death. And they're thinking, hey, why did he drag us across the lake and, and we'd have a long, hard day? We should be home, feet up on the bottom. But that's not what happens. He says, we got to go across the lake. They don't know why yet. They don't know why they're going across the lake. But they're only going across the lake for one reason. In fact, it's not one reason. It's one reason. Person. They're sailing all the way across that lake so Jesus can one at a time someone else. They simply don't know that's what's going to happen. So they sail across the lake. Big storm comes up, and then Jesus calms the storm. So what Mark, the gospel writer, wants you and me and everybody who reads his gospel to do is this. Who is this guy, Jesus, who calms storms? And the answer is the king of the universe who made the universe in the first place. That's the answer that Mark wants you to wrestle with, wants you to surrender to. It's the answer that Bruce was surrendered to because he got one at a time. Bad. But here they are. They sail across the lake. Big storm. Jesus calms the storm. The boys are freaking out in the boat. What are you doing? You're trying to kill us. We didn't need to be out here in the first place. He says, chill out, fellows. I got this. Calms the storm. And they reach the other shore. And now this is what comes up. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. They went across the lake. That was the place, the bottom right. I'm going to turn this way because my eyes ain't working good enough to see back there. When Jesus got out of the boat, watch this. A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This guy comes out of a graveyard. The man lived in the tombs. And no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Before I read the end of the sentence, this is Mark's gospel. You know what Luke's gospel, the same story says? On top of all that, the boy didn't wear clothes. He's a nude dude in a rude mood. I'm stealing that from a footnote. In this book, which I still have some to sell for 10 bucks, one at a time, the unexpected way God wants to use it to change the world in a footnote in here. I'm the one of the guys that does footnotes, you know what I'm saying? Isn't that aggravating that some of us actually read them? New dude in a rude mood. You with me? That's going to get you to buy the book right there. But I'm not telling you what page it's on. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Just, you've known people who've cut themselves. Maybe, God bless you, you've been one of the people that have been there. It's a real thing. It's a way of feeling something when maybe you're numb inside and you can't feel. This, this person was thought by everybody to be a monster. But if you look at him through Jesus' Zoom lens, he's just a miserable, hurting person. And Jesus is going to treat him one at a time. 
like the loving king of the universe, creator of all that Jesus is. So on we go with the story. When Jesus saw him from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of Jesus. The man shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. So this is a report of somebody who is possessed. And these are the possessed spirits speaking. The other part of you call him bipolar, call him possessed, whatever. But he's got multiple personalities. I don't know what to say about the guy, but he is deeply miserable. He's not a monster. Everyone else avoids him. No one goes near the graveyard. They gave up on him. They avoid him at all costs. They quit trying. And Jesus sails all the way across the lake to get to him. Jesus said to him, why, does, why are the spirits hollering back at Jesus? For Jesus has said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. And, these, and then Jesus asked him, what's your name? The name, my name is Legion, he said, because we were many. When I was 22 years old and had my first job working for Young Life, my boss, she called me Legion. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it was a reflection of my playfulness. Huh? You think? So don't start calling me Legion, all right? And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. That is, the spirits were somehow begging to Jesus, don't send us away. But here's what happens. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. Pigs across the Sea of Galilee from these Jewish cities on the northwest coast, southeast coast. Jewish people don't mess with pigs. These are non-Jews. Then remember, Jesus finished a long, hard day. Everybody's exhausted. Let's sail across the boat. Boys don't have any idea what's going to happen yet. And not only do they do all that in the middle of the night, they're going to a place where it's non-Jews and Jews did not go around there. He's busting through all these barriers, Jesus is, one at a time. The demons begged Jesus send us among the pigs allow us to go into them so he gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs and the herd about two thousand in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned when we were there this summer we drove by it and um tony the guide said because somebody asked hey tony wh where would where would that have been he pointed right there on the southeast corner of what well, a cliff area that could have easily been the place Sorry. The boys watched this man get healed. He, and Jesus, I, we, we're not reading this part. Jesus heals the guy, touches the guy. I guess he gave him a pair of pants. I don't know. And he says to him, the guy begs, can I get on the boat and go back with him? And Jesus said, no. You go back to your town and you tell people what happened to you. Because see, an authentically transformed life that's been one at a time by Jesus, the natural thing to do is just go be yourself. Now you have a story. This man has a story. Everybody else loathed him, avoided him, was afraid of him. Jesus heals him, touches him, puts him back together again, and gives him back his life. And says, you're on the team now. In the unexpected way, you have a purpose, and your purpose now is to go and tell your story about how you were broken, lost, and miserable, and hated, and now you're a restored human being. Verse 21. Look what happens. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat, 
to the other side of the lake. Dot, dot, dot. Jesus heals this man. They sail all the way across, heals this one person, gets back in the boat, and heads back home to Capernaum on the northwest corner. All of that, all of that, to get to this one guy. Celebrate Bruce, celebrate Jesus, celebrate the resurrection. Now, the, the question I told you a minute ago that Mark wants you to wrestle with and me to wrestle with is, who is this guy? Jesus. And you can hear from, from the story that Jesus' identity is being proclaimed. He's the son of God, the king of the universe. He's the person that can make a storm go away. He's the person who can heal broken, misery-filled, messed-up man. And he, Jesus wants to mess with you and me, too. So, has he, have you answered the question yet? And in what way is he wanting, wanting the time in you? The way, the way you'll know is that you've begun to follow him a little bit. And then you see yourself wanting to care for other people in some new way, talking to them. That talking to people about who you are and asking them who they are, taking the time to listen, that's a KPI, Key Performance Indicator. You like that? You business people like that, don't you? You want to know what the key, a key performance indicator for being a person who's been one at a time and who's been purposed and who's at work on the, in the family business. You talk to people by asking a simple question. Tell me about yourself. When this man got back, he had a lot of people saying, what happened? He told his story. And his story wasn't anything fantastic other than Jesus was fantastic. Celebrate Bruce. Celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate the resurrection. I'm going to do it this way. This is, this is added this morning. Guess what happens at the tail end of Mark chapter 5. We're celebrating the resurrection. Watch this. Jesus in yet another busy day, right after that busy day, he's busy on his way to a friend's house because the, he's told that the girl is sick. This man's name, funny name, Jairus. And McLean talked about this on August 27th. Uh, yes, August 27th. Jairus has a sick daughter and Jesus is on the way to go see Jairus in this city, Capernaum, and a crowd gets around him, he stops, and he, he listens to the full story of a woman who'd been sick for 12 years, and he heals her. They come to him, and they say, don't bother the teacher anymore, she's dead. Jesus says, tap the brakes, boys. That's chapter 5. We're in chapter 5 when we take care of the pigs and we sail back across the lake. He's, he's like this. Chapter 5, verse 41, 42. Jesus goes into the house where the sick yet dead girl is. He takes her by the hand and he says her to her in Aramaic, which is their native tongue, Talitha Kum, which means little girl. I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12. And what happens is the king of the world, the, the creator of the universe makes life happen created life in the very beginning, page one, Genesis 1-1, makes life happen again in this person's life, this little girl. And guess what happens in chapter 16 of Mark? 
the resurrection. We're just getting a foretaste of it here in this story. Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead and he is raising dead people to life again. He's one at a time in this. You, me, Bruce, this little girl, Bruce's mom, and then puts us out into the world to talk about our regular, ordinary experience so that we can be people who are part of the movement. So yeah, we're celebrating Bruce and we're celebrating Jesus and we're celebrating the resurrection and I, I believe in the resurrection and I want you to believe in the resurrection too. And Bruce's mom does and Bruce did. But it wasn't always that way for him. But it is now. One at a time. Thank you if, you if you are a person who doesn't know Bruce. Thank you for being a good family member and letting us talk about him. Uh, as soon as I know more about what's happening with the family with, with a service or a funeral or what have you, we'll let you know. What I don't want you to forget is the unexpected way that God is at work. And he's at work in your life. He's at work in my life. He wants to make you into a person who has the ability to go and be an ordinary, regular, authentic person who shares your life and your faith and your love with others. You tell your story, you listen to theirs. I promise you, transformation will take place. I'm going to pray as I do that. The band's going to come up and lead us in yet another a song that they decided to do this morning based on what we're celebrating today. Come on up, folks. Thank you, gracious God, that we get to be people who can be authentic and honest. We are grieving. We're devastated. And we know that Bruce is dancing in the field of grace with you, Jesus. And that's the hope, and that's the faith, and that's what we believe, and that's how we're going to finish this morning as we sing this great.